being filled with the Holy Spirit and the importance of being filled with the Spirit in this day and in the hour. And tonight we're going to just kind of continue along those same lines and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, our helper in prayer. You know, he's got some divine plans. He's got some higher places for us to go in the spirit. But these things must be prayed out. And our prayers prepare the way for God to do what he wants to do, not just in our lives, but in our church and in the earth. Amen. God's got a good will and a good plan. If you weren't here this morning, you need to pick up pastor's CD or or go online and listen to it. Because obviously there are so many terrible things that are happening in the world. We're just bombarded by them constantly. But the fact still remains, God is a good God. And God has good things in store for his children. And even though it may be getting dark and darker out in the world, for the church, it's getting glorious. For the church, it's going to get brighter and brighter. We're going to shine brighter and brighter until Jesus comes for us. But there are things that God wants established in our lives and in the earth. And we have to learn to work with heaven. Things don't just happen. Things have to be prayed out. God has chosen to work with us. God has given man a will. We know that everybody is not going to be saved because they're not all going to choose to be saved, even though that's the heart of the father. He's not willing that any should perish, but people have to willingly accept the free gift of salvation. And these divine plans that God has, they don't just happen. He's sovereign, certainly, but he has chosen to work with us and we get to pray out what he puts in our hearts. I like this scripture over in first Corinthians chapter two. We'll start there. Verse nine. It says, Verse 9 and 10, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. We ought to shout right there. Woo! <laughs> we really cannot comprehend with our minds all the things that God has prepared for us. And sometimes you read that scripture and people start thinking, well, yeah, when we get to heaven, it's going to be so awesome in heaven. But God wants us to have days of heaven here right now on the earth. Amen. And he's not hiding these wonderful, awesome things that he has in store for us. He's not hiding them from us. Verse 10 says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So he's got these things that he wants to do in our lives. And he has sent one to help us. To pray them out. I heard Brother Hagen say this years ago. And I wrote it down. I can't improve on it. He said this. God has some plans for his children. That would literally blow our minds. If they had to come through our brain. So he devised a plan. Whereby we can pray them out and through. Without our minds trying to talk us 
out of them. Did you get that? Isn't that rich? I'm going to read that again. God has some plans for his children that would literally blow our minds if they had to come through our brain. So he devised a plan whereby we can pray them out and through without our minds trying to talk us out of them. Has God ever spoken to you something in your heart and you're like, whoa, that's awesome. But then your mind says, well, that could never happen for you. God will never do that for you. Look where you, look where you came from. Who do you think you are? And your mind starts saying, that's too big. That's too awesome. God's got some awesome things in store for his kids. Who in here is one of God's kids? You belong to him. Well, then this is talking about you. God's got some plans for his children that would literally blow our minds if they had to come through our brain. Thank God they don't. So he devised a plan where we can pray them out from our heart. I love to think about this. Even though I was a good student, I really was. Pastor would say it's because I went to a country school and they didn't know much, which could be true. But I excelled in my class. But I'm not that smart. I'm glad that God has devised a plan that is far greater than my natural intellect. How about you? I'm not limited by what I know in my head. I'm not limited by what I have in my checkbook. I'm not limited by what I can do in the natural. Woo! I got supernatural, divine help, supernatural, divine intervention and these wonderful plans these wonderful things that God has in store for us he's not hiding them from us did you know that God doesn't say okay I I got all these great things in mind for you but I'm not telling you nah 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 no he didn't hide them from us he hid them for us where are they They're in our spirit. They're in the spirit, man. God, who is a spirit, talks to us and deals with us in the realm of the spirit. And he hid them right here on the inside of us in our own spirit, man. He didn't hide them from us. He hid them for us. He wants us then to draw them up out of our heart. I love that scripture, deep calleth unto deep. What does that mean? Deep things down in your heart, the Holy Spirit will call them up. He'll call them up. He'll inspire you to start praying in tongues about something. I like this illustration of an an old whale. Y'all know my country background. But we had relatives that had literally had, they didn't even have running water. One of my grandfather's uh, brothers, they didn't have running water in their house for many, many years. And they had this great big rock well. This thing was deep. But one of our favorite things to do was go over there and visit. And it had a little bucket. You had to crank it down. And it would, I mean, you'd look down in there and it was like, is there any water in there? It was so deep. But you could see it way, way, way down in there. But you'd draw, you'd turn the crank and drop 
the bucket down into the water. Hear that splash. And it could be a hot July day in Oklahoma, 100 degrees, but that well was so deep and so well insulated, so well built that you drop the bucket down in there and pull it up. And every time that water came up cool and refreshing, that's a good analogy in the realm of the spirit. I just, your tongue is the bucket. You drop it down. And then you you do this with the little pulley thing. That's your faith. I don't think I've ever said it like that before. But your tongue is the bucket. And that little pulley thing is your faith. So it takes faith to go and pray in the Holy Spirit. It takes faith to draw those things up from the inside of you so that they will become fruitful to your mind. Sometimes when you're praying in spirit, in the spirit, the enemy will talk to your mind and say, you're wasting your time. Anybody ever had that experience? You say, okay, I'm going to pray in the spirit today because I know it's good for me. I'm going to act on Jude 20. I'm going to build myself up on my most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit you get down on your knees or or you're laying in your bed on your couch wherever you like to pray and you say okay Lord today I'm going to stretch and I'm going to pray in tongues for 30 minutes you start off praying in tongues and you know you look at your watch you're sure it's been 25 28 minutes and you look at your watch and it watch and it's not even been five so and the enemy will come and say you're wasting your time but I want to encourage you keep pressing in deep calls unto deep it's not a waste of time to pray in the spirit when we're praying in the spirit we're working with heaven we're dropping the bucket down there and we're pulling some things up things that will help us in direction in our life things that need to be prayed out for God to move in the earth like he wants to move in the earth and it does not matter how old you are or how long you've been filled in the, with the spirit use the words that you have and more will come to you oh what a plan oh what a planner what a helper we have in this day and in this age I, I see some faces out there that may not totally remember all these stories but you know I, I'm I'm over the fear of repeating stories because if they come up in my heart I'm going to just say it because it is for someone. I've been told you the last time I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I was 11 years old and to help all of you mathematicians out. Mathematicians. Is that a word? See? See, well, pastor's probably right. That's why I got AIDS. Nobody else knew what the Lord's meant either. But anyhow, those that are math scholars. I'm 59 now, so I've been filled with the Holy Ghost for 48 years. But I remember when I was probably 14, 15 years old, and I always love to pray. I just love Jesus. We ought to love Jesus when we get saved. We ought to like spending time with him. And I remember several times laying on my bed and praying in the spirit. I didn't have a whole lot of words either when I was first filled with the Holy Spirit. I had a powerful experience, but not very many words. And so I used what I had though. And God gave me more. But this one time I'm praying and I started praying and drawing deep things up. And out of my heart... I had this sense and I knew, you know, when you're praying in the spirit, sometimes you're going to know what you're praying about. Not always, but sometimes you will know. So as I'm praying, I knew that I was praying about my future mate. Now, Pastor Mark's not in here, but he knows this. 
I'm cute, I must say. Don't you think so? <laughs> Just teasing, as some of you don't know, but anyhow. So I had opportunities to date, guys. I've never told this before, but actually before I met Pastor Mark, I was engaged twice, and we got married when I was 22. So, you know, you, you move fast in Oklahoma. So anyhow. <laughs> but anyhow, I was like 15, almost 16, and I started praying and I was dating this guy, and I knew it wasn't right. Enough, you know, just he was a good Christian guy, but I knew it wasn't right. But I started praying, and I knew I was praying about my future mate. I started praying for him, praying for him. Out of my mouth, after a time of praying in the Spirit, came these words, ex-drug addict. I'm 15 years old. It's in the 60s there in Oklahoma, early 70s, whatever it was since. In um, like 69, I didn't know any ex-drug addicts. I remember saying even to my sister that I was going to marry an ex-drug addict. Her response was, where are you going to find one? (laughs) This was Pawnee County. You know what I'm saying? Late 60s, early 70s, the rest of the country, there were hippies, there was drug, there was free love. Not in Pawnee County. The worst thing anybody was doing in my high school, they were drinking Coors beer and chewing tobacco. That was it. So it was foreign to our thinking, foreign even to my thinking. Where am I going to found one? But I did found one. Yay. (laughs) The Holy Ghost helps you. He knows things that your head can't figure out. And after I said that and started praying about it, you know, there would be times I would be like, this ain't going to happen. Where am I going to meet one? Where am I going to find one? Dated somebody else, got engaged to somebody else. And you know, pastor knows these things, but I don't think I've shared this before. I think I was 18 years old at the altar praying I knew I wasn't supposed to marry this person, but I thought, well, you know, I'm 18. You gotta, you gotta get gone with your life. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I had this ring on my finger and I'm down at the altar. We had altar benches in our little church and I am praying and wrestling. And I still remember it. It is so vivid in my heart that God said, this isn't my best for you. Remember what I told you. This isn't who you're supposed to marry. And I started praying again. And I saw it. I was going to marry an ex-drug addict. This guy I was engaged to. I don't know if he ever even drank beer. He didn't qualify. (laughs) On lots of areas. Lots of realms. So, needless to say, called it off. The plan of God happened. But God, in a time of prayer... 15 years old, dropped that seed in my heart. And deep, calling to deep, had to pray that out. Some of you young people in here, I know this has been kind of funny, but this isn't funny. Let me just tell you this. As I was praying this afternoon even, I just sensed it in my heart that somebody was going to be in this service tonight. And the Lord is just saying to you, don't make a mistake. You don't have to make a mistake. You don't have to say, well, you know, my biological clock is ticking this, that, and other. 
God has a way. God has a plan for our lives. If we will yield to the Holy Spirit and pray those things out, your future mate could be on the other side of the world. But God has a way of getting you connected and getting you hooked up. I was a little country girl in Pawnee, Oklahoma. Minnesota was the other side of the world to me. It was a foreign land. But God knew how to bring it to pass. And he will do the same in your life. So just hold out for God's best. Spend some time praying in the Holy Ghost. You don't have to miss it. You don't have to make a mistake. You don't, you don't have to wait for an aligning of the stars. Oh, that the moon was just right and the stars were over here and it was a beautiful night in the bay and blah, blah, blah. It's not aligning of the stars. It's Holy Ghost orchestration. He will orchestrate. He will guide and he will direct our paths and our steps. Amen. God's got a plan. And whether you're already married or not, God's got a plan. Hallelujah. But I just sensed this so strong today as I was doing this message and waiting on the Lord that there were going to be some young people in here. There were going to be some people in here that need to hear and need to know. You don't have to miss it. Wait for God's perfect plan. You know in the inside of you. I was dating people that I weren't the right ones. I knew on the inside of me, this isn't it. It's not it. Like Brother Hagin says, it feels sometimes like you taking a shower with your socks on. Your heart knows things that your head doesn't. We don't have to lean to our own understanding. We don't live out of our mind. We don't live out of reasoning. We live out of our heart. Deep calling to deep plans, purposes. A will of the Father will be established if we will take the time to pray them out. And I understand many times we get down to seek the Lord over a situation and we don't have the words to say it in our, in our English language or whatever language you speak. You're at a loss for words many times, but we have a helper who will give us utterance. Let's look over at, at Romans chapter eight and we'll look at verse 26. Romans chapter eight. Oh, here he is, our heavenly helper. Likewise, the spirit, I'm reading it out of the King James because I like this word here, infirmities. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit should be himself. Maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That word infirmities is not referring to a sickness, not referring to a physical weakness, but it is literally saying our inability to produce results, our inability to pray what needs to be prayed with our own understanding. Have you ever been at a loss for words? Maybe, you know, Uh, Or actually, maybe you've had words over a situation and they weren't God-inspired words. Prayer's not a time to vent. 
Prayer's not a time to get down on your knees and talk about how terrible that person treated you or how awful our politicians are and the mistakes that they are making. I mean, if you lean to your own understanding, if you looked at, at maybe some of the government leaders or maybe what some of the people in your family are doing and the way that they are acting, you could get down and you could be like this one man minister and you could say, dear God, they're not using their head. They're acting so foolishly. God, it seems to me like if their brains were dynamite, it wouldn't be enough to blow their nose. I mean, you know, just having that kind of an attitude. (laughs) That doesn't help. That's a loss for words. Sometimes, you know, my flesh wants to say some things. My mouth wants to speak some things when people act foolishly. And, and pastor's a good check for me. He'll look at me and he'll say, say it in tongues. <laughs> say it in tongues. It's not going to be any good to say a bunch of st- stuff you're going to have to repent for later. But the Holy Spirit, another way that it talks about here, he comes to our aid and he helps us. He takes hold together with us against something, against the weight of something. A beautiful illustration of it would be this. If we wanted to move this baby grand piano, even though it's on wheels, it's heavy. And I said to Lester, Lester, you are so buff. Go up there and move that piano. And he's like, ooh, ooh. Well, he can't do it by himself. He better get Reuben. And, oh, you know, actually, if they really want to move it, they got to get Pastor Mark. (laughs) So what happens? Lester can't do it by himself. So we get Reuben, we get Pastor Mark, and they come alongside him. And they together take hold with Lester against the weight of that piano. And because they joined in with him, they all can move it. That's what this literally means in this verse. The Holy Spirit comes to our aid. He helps us. He comes and he offers his strength. He offers his ability. Maybe we're praying about someone who's lost and that darkness has encompassed their lives and the Holy Spirit comes alongside. He comes to our aid and he gives us the utterance to break the power of darkness over their lives. He is our helper and he gives us divine utterance. Sometimes you don't even have words to say. Sometimes it may come out as weepings. It may come out as travail out of the very depth of your spirit. It doesn't matter as long as the Holy Spirit has given you utterance. Things are happening. Things are moving. Things are changing in the realm of the spirit. He's looking on the inside of what God has put in our heart. And he is helping us to pray those things out. Let's look down at verse 27 of this same chapter of the Amplified. And he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Holy Spirit. What his intent is, because the spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints, according to and in harmony with God's will. What's he do? He searches the hearts. 
Our hearts know things that our heads could never figure out. The Holy Spirit takes what he hears the Father say. The Bible says that in John. He said, I only speak what I hear the Father say. So he hears what God is saying. And he knows what's happening in every corner of the earth. And so then he begins to search and begins to look for somebody that will cooperate with him. Someone that will be in tune. And he takes what he's hearing the father say and he drops it into the hearts of someone that will yield themselves. That will give voice to that. Whether it's in a known tongue or most of the time it's in other tongues. You don't even know what you're praying about. But he finds you and he gives you that divine utterance. I love this word divine. It means excellent in the highest degree, extraordinary, heavenly, proceeding from God above human. You are really not human. Did you know that? You are not normal. You are not average. You're above human. Hallelujah. Because you've been given the divine, the extraordinary privilege of being connected with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and being his mouthpiece in the earth today. Praying in the spirit is beyond what we can do in the natural. It removes human limitations. Our spiritual father said this, and we have followed this example. The greatest leadings I have ever received came after an extended period of praying in the spirit. Why is that? When we pray in the spirit, it gets us in tune with the spirit. It helps our spirit to be the one that we are listening to. Because if not, your body's going to be crying out. Your mind is going to be screaming. But when you pray in the Holy Spirit, your spirit man gets built up, rises up higher and higher yeah. and higher. Amen? Amen? This is what happens when you pray in the spirit. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no man understands it. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Mysteries. One translation says divine secrets. One translation says this. He is talking God talk. We have a hotline to heaven. Man doesn't understand it. Neither does the devil. And that is one reason why the devil has fought tongues so much. He doesn't like it when we can speak in a divine language and have that glorious connection with our father and pray out mysteries, speak out hidden things, divine secrets. He doesn't like it when we're able to pray out the plan and God and he can't hear it. Why? Because he can't mess it up. He wants to be able to get in there and foul things up. But when we pray in the spirit, in that divine language, we're talking God talk. And he's causing things to line up. He's causing things to come into his, into place for us. Now this same verse in the Amplified. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning, 
because in the Holy Spirit, he utters secret truths, hidden things, not obvious to the understanding. If we stay in the mental realm, we're going to miss out. I like that phrase there. He catches things. God wants us to catch things in the realm of the spirit. The spirit of prayer is really better caught than taught. That's why I think it's awesome that y'all are coming on Sunday nights because we're teaching, of course, but it's good to get around people that know how to pray because it'll get on you. It will, you'll catch the spirit of prayer. And then this phrase, I really like this one, not obvious to the understanding. Again, if we lean to our own understanding, we're going to shortchange ourselves. We're going to live way down here if we live in the mental realm. When he is saying and he has provided for us to live here, live out of our hearts, pray out of our hearts, not out of our heads. God's got some things that he wants to do in the earth. And I know that the enemy has been stirring things up all over the earth. But tonight, as we get ready to pray, I want you to look at this one last scripture, Jeremiah 33, 3 in the Amplified. Call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. Fenced in, hidden, again, hidden, not from us, for us, which you do not know or do not recognize or have knowledge of and understanding. He said, call I will answer. Call, I will show. Now, I know there are many tragedies that have been happening in the earth. That horrible thing that happened in Washington, D.C. at the naval shipyards. There's hurricanes, there's storms that have come on the nation of Mexico. Right now, there are people that are still being held hostage over there in Nairobi, Kenya at that mall. 69 folks have lost their lives. 30 some are still being held hostage. Tragedy, disaster on every hand. Why is that? Well, again, get Pastor Mark's message this morning. But just to recap that, why is that? We live in a fallen earth. The curse is here in the earth. And the devil is running rampant. It's like, to me, I just sense this. that He knows that his time is short. And his time is short. His lease is running out on the earth. He's, he's got dominion here right now, but not forever. And so he's causing all of this disturbance. The earth is literally rocking and reeling and groaning and travailing. This earth actually wants to be redeemed from the curse of sin. That's why all this stuff is happening in the atmosphere and the storms and all of these things are are going on. The enemy is throwing out his best shot. He's causing people to do awful, horrendous, horrible crimes terrible things that are that are happening and we don't be we don't uh, you know we don't we don't are not full of compassion for people affected by these things but as I was thinking about it this afternoon the devil's time is short and so he wants to be the center of attention right now because he knows that's about to change it's about to change because we're going to call upon the name of the Lord and what's going to happen 
I'll answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. Our God is greater. Did you know that? He is not littler than the devil. Our God is greater. Our God is awesome. And the time of the outpouring of his mighty glory is close at hand. We're going to call upon him tonight and he's going to show great and mighty things. Hallelujah. Displays of his glory. People that have been affected by these awful things. Mercy shall be extended to them as we pray and we lift them up. So I want everybody to stand with me right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.